Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents part four of the series, Tools of Prayer for America. All right, say it with me. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Woohoo! Come on, let me hear you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, today we're going to continue our series on tools of prayer for America, and this is part four. And for those who might be hearing this series for the first time, and for those who might have missed some of the sessions, I encourage you to go to our podcast and listen to the series in its entirety or pick up one of the sessions that you missed. Amen. I had a dream on the 6th of July in which the Lord tasked me with issuing a call to prayer for America. He also asked me to honor the prayers of our forefathers, especially the national call to prayer that was issued by President Abraham Lincoln for April 30th, 1863. So if you go back and listen to that first podcast, you'll hear about the dream and also the proclamation in detail. And I think you'll be amazed as you read Lincoln's proclamation how relevant that proclamation is to the America of 2018, even though that proclamation was released 155 years ago. So in that dream, the Lord gave me a giant toolbox, and he asked me to issue the tools that were available to the body of Christ so that they could pray more powerfully and more effectively for America. Listen, if you don't think America needs our prayers, you haven't been paying attention. Amen? There's a darkness that threatens to overtake us as a nation. And we need to push back that darkness. We as the church need to be the salt and the light and the power and the conscience of the nation that we once were. We got to push back the darkness so that God's agenda can be implemented in America. Amen? I know it's getting darker. And Isaiah in chapter 60 said it would come. The day would come when darkness would threaten to overtake the world. But then it says, but the glory of the Lord will shine upon the sons and daughters of God. And we would push back the darkness. Amen. So it might be getting darker, but the light's getting brighter too. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So in order to push back that darkness, we need to pray that righteousness, truth, and justice prevail in our great nation in every sphere of influence in every city in every state and in every election whether it be local state or federal this is especially true concerning the upcoming midterm elections in november now i'm going to get on my soapbox for just a second i'm not going to get political because i don't believe god wants us to let politics divide us as sons and daughters of God. Okay, I got my politics, you got yours. But one thing's for sure. Christians have an obligation that they cannot overlook and cannot avoid. It is your duty to pray that righteousness prevail in America. And it is your duty to vote accordingly. Amen? So search your heart. Find out what the Holy Spirit is telling you about certain candidates. Study what they stand for. And you choose the candidate that stands for righteousness, justice, and truth to prevail in America. Amen. It's just that simple. 
I'm not going to tell you who to vote for because you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. If you're a born again, spirit filled believer and you can hear from him just as well as I can. You vote for the candidate that stands for righteousness, truth and justice in America. And if we'll pray that way, then God will be able to implement his agenda for America. Amen. So getting back to the toolbox, here's some of the tools that the Lord showed me were in that toolbox that were already in there, but were not being used. Amen. Tools that we could use to pray for America more powerfully and more effectively. Amen. Number one, binding and loosing. Number two, the prayer of agreement. Number three, the name of Jesus. Number four, the blood of Jesus. Number five, fasting and prayer. And number six, spirit-led prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, you can use these tools to pray for yourselves, for your families, and your fellow saints. But we're going to emphasize how we can use these tools to pray for America. Amen. That's our focus. So far, we've discussed the prayer of binding and loosing and the prayer of agreement. This morning, we're going to take a look at the name of Jesus and how we can use that name to render up powerful prayers to God for America. First of all, the name of Jesus is the name from which all of our prayers derive all of their authority. Isn't that right? Amen. And it was Jesus shed blood that elevated the name of Jesus far above all other names representing power and authority in whatever realm you want to choose, in heaven, earth, or in hell. The name of Jesus is now the name above all names because of what he did in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, the blood that he shed that was poured out on the mercy seat of God in heaven. Hallelujah. Settled the issue. Hallelujah. So when you hear the name of Jesus, I believe you should be mindful of what that name stands for. And everything he did for us and the blood that was shed for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you say the name of Jesus, don't treat it as many people do as just a religious buzz phrase. You know, I pray it in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for that. You know, in the name of Jesus. And they don't stop and reverence the name of Jesus and what that name stands for. If you will stop just for a minute and think about what that name stands for when you pray in the name of Jesus, I promise you there'll be more power in your prayer because you believe what you're praying. You're not just saying words. You believe in the name of Jesus stands for everything he did for us in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Amen. The blood that was shed for us on the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, I think it's fitting, although I didn't realize it when I was given the list by the Holy Spirit. When I put this list together, the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus are right in the center. I think that's fitting because all our authority to pray, all our authority to do anything representing him stems from the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to kick off this session by reading some key passages from Acts chapter 3 and and Acts chapter 4 because I think it's fascinating how much we can learn every time the name of Jesus is mentioned in these passages. It is quite amazing. And we won't get through all of it today. There's more. Amen. 
but we're going to take a good college try at getting deep in as quick as we can. Hallelujah. And as you'll see, these passages that we're going to read, they center in on the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful. And the name of Jesus figures prominently throughout. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 16. I'm going to read 16 verses of Scripture in church, and y'all going to be okay with it. Amen? This is church. We can read the Bible in church. Amen? It distresses me sometimes. I tune into some of these TV preachers. Listen, I got some of them I like and some of them I don't care for. But it distresses me when I see a preacher get up and not even using one verse of Scripture when he preaches or quoting the Reader's Digest. You're not preaching the word of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where did that come from, Brother Scott? Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 16. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. That's three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I have to take an amen pause there. Amen. Hallelujah. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Again, I wasn't planning on saying this, but isn't it wonderful that they got him healed and then they took him to church? Amen. Hallelujah. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses and his name through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Glory to God. It's it's so packed with revelation. I'm not even going to come close to pulling everything out of these verses that I want to, but I'm going to hit the high points. Amen. I want to reread starting with verse 5 and 6 and see what we can learn. And he gave heed unto them. This is the man that was lame from his mother's womb. Later on, you find out in the Bible that he was 40 years old. So he had been lame for 40 years. 
and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. There's some nuggets here I want to give to you this morning. The first thing I want you to notice in these verses is that the lame man expected to receive something from Peter and John. He had an expectant heart. He expected something. Amen. Now, he probably didn't know what was in store for him, but he was nevertheless expecting something. That's significant. If you come to church or pray for someone out in your circle of influence, you should come to church expecting God to move in the service. Amen. Come with an expectant heart. If you go out there in your circle of influence and you pray for somebody, you should expect God to move on your behalf for that person to glorify the name of Jesus. Amen. We need to come with expectant hearts. Many of us come to church, you know, with a Eeyore anointing. Oh, I guess I'll go to church. Maybe somebody will say something nice to me, you know. No, I'm coming to church expecting God to move. Hallelujah. To save, heal, deliver, and set people free. If you'll come with that kind of attitude, how much more will we see those things? Amen. Hallelujah. So we can learn that. That's a good nugget right there. Hallelujah. The second thing I want you to notice is that Peter says, in effect, this is my paraphrase, I don't have any money on me. But what I can do is give you what I do have. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. You know what that says to me? Peter knew that he had the name of Jesus. It belonged to him. Hallelujah. As a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, you need to know that the name of Jesus belongs to you. Hallelujah. You have the right and you have the authority to use that name and expect God to move on your behalf in answer to the authority that that name represents. Amen. Hallelujah. Never forget the name of Jesus belongs to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The third thing I want you to see is the title used in verse 6. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's only used two places. In Acts 3.6 and Acts 4.10. Everywhere else, it's either Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth. And there's a reason. Many years of teaching the Bible, this is, I could just put on the recorder and say, this is a known thing, I believe. It's a known revelation. You probably heard this before. Whenever you read through the Gospels and the book of Acts and you read the name Jesus Christ, that word Christ means the anointed one, Jesus, the anointed one. It's emphasizing his divinity. Okay? But when you read Jesus of Nazareth, it's tying him to a location on the earth and a physical mother and a physical stepdad. Okay? So it's emphasizing his humanity. I used to teach on the life of Jesus in the Bible school that I directed for 10 years. And one of the questions on the final exam was, Jesus Christ is 50% man and 50% God, true or false. And as many times as I told those students, I even gave them foot stompers. Now, if you've been in the military, the foot stomper is where you're getting ready to take a test and the instructor says, 
Now listen to this. You're going to see this again. A foot stomper means you need to know this for the test. <laughs> and I foot stomped, I don't know, eight or ten times in this ten-week course. And I still had half the class mark, yes, true. He's half God and half man. No, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus was and is 100% God and 100% man. Now, you can try to figure it out if you want to, but I don't try to figure it out. I just believe it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so the title, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is noteworthy because it's used only two times and it's used in association with this story where the name of Jesus is being lifted up for the first time since Pentecost. Amen. Glory to God. So if you remember that Christ means the anointed one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth means this Jesus, the anointed one of Nazareth. So it's bringing attention to both his divinity and his humanity. Amen. Hallelujah. Why is that significant? Well, just as Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of Man, was filled with the Spirit and given authority to represent God the Father to the nation of Israel, Peter and John, son of men, were filled with the Spirit of God and given authority to represent Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, to the nation of Israel. And like Peter and John, the Christians of our nation have been filled with the Spirit of God and have been given authority to represent Jesus Christ, the righteous, the risen Son of God to the world, but starting with our country of America. Amen. You're a representative of Jesus Christ, Jesus, the anointed one of Nazareth to the nation of America. You're the salt. You're the light. Jesus is plan A. There is no plan B. America's only hope is Jesus. I'll say it again. There is no plan B. It's Jesus or it's failure. It's Jesus or it's defeat. It's Jesus or darkness takes over our nation. I vote for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's reread verse 10 and 11 and find out what we can learn. Now, this a little bit of background here. When they saw this man that everybody knew for 40 years had been taken and laid at the gate, probably not 40 years, but as soon as he was old enough to beg, he was put before that gate and people saw him. Even Jesus saw him because the Bible says Jesus went in and out of the beautiful gate. So Jesus saw him. But for some reason, he wasn't led of the Lord to heal that man. But Peter and John were led of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2, 43 says, Many signs and wonders were done by the apostles after the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. But this instance, this, this particular miracle that is addressed here in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 is the very first time the name of Jesus was used or at least the very first time it's recorded that it was used. Amen? So it's noteworthy. It means we need to pay attention. We can learn something from this, this first time that the name of Jesus has been used. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So they all knew this man, 
and they knew he had been lame, and now they saw him completely healed. Verse 10, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Notice that verse 10 says they were filled with wonder, and verse 12 says they greatly wondered. Amen? <laughs> Amen. That's because Jesus said that signs, wonders, and miracles would follow those who believed and preached the name of Jesus. Mark 16 says, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I love it because Jesus starts out with the two most controversial. He said, they shall cast out devils and speak with other tongues. How's that for Jesus boldness? I'm just putting it out there. By the way, I believe he led with those because casting out devils has to do with the authority of the name of Jesus. And speaking in tongues has to do with the ability to receive revelation, to walk in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I won't charge you anything extra for that. I didn't plan on saying it, so there won't be no extra charge. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's reread verse, verses 12 and 13 and see what we can learn. All right, this is after the crowd has been drawn into the temple and they see this guy that everybody knew was, was lame and now he's completely healed. Verse 12, And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Listen, when you use the name of Jesus in word or in deed or in authority, all the glory rightly shifts from you to Jesus Christ, the one you represent. Amen. That's what happened in those verses. You think we did this? This wasn't our power. This was Jesus in us. This was the power of God in Jesus' name that made this man whole. We're giving all the glory to God and his son, Jesus, because of what was done. Amen. Don't dare take any glory for yourself. I've laid hands on people. I saw a man's shoulder grow. I saw a body part grow, you know, but I gave all the glory to the Lord. This had nothing to do with me. I was just the conduit. And he was completely healed. His uh, right shoulder had been destroyed by a degenerative bone disease. He was scheduled for surgery. This is back in the 80s. This is back when I, when I hardly knew what I was doing. But I knew enough to listen to the Holy Ghost. This man came forward. I was teaching a six-week series on the gifts of the Spirit at our church there. We went to an assembly of God church called Faith Temple, Corpus Christi. And they asked me to teach a class, and I taught a class, and this particular day, I was uh, preaching on uh, or teaching on the gifts of healing, special gift of faith, those kind of things, working of miracles. And at the end, I said, the Lord just told me that he wants to demonstrate the truth of the word that I just taught you. Does anybody here need a touch from the Lord? And I was hoping for somebody with some migraines or maybe a, a sniffles or cough or something. But Andy came up and he looked completely normal. He came up the center aisle, just like kind of here about the same size room. 
and uh, he looked completely normal. Then he turned his right shoulder to me, and I could see sideways, I could see that he had a left shoulder blade, but where his right shoulder blade was, there was just a hole in his back. I thought, dear Lord, yeah, you said you were ready to demonstrate this is going to have to be you because uh, this, this, is, this, is, this is a tall order. So he came up and he said, you know, my shoulder's destroyed. I'm scheduled for orthopedic surgery on Thursday. Can Jesus do something for me? I don't know. There's something about when somebody asks me that question, something comes over me. It's like I become Jesus, you know, in spirit and in power. Of course, I'm not Jesus, but it's like the compassion of Jesus overtook me when he said that. And I said, come here, Andy. And uh, he stood sideways, his right shoulder to me. And there was about, I don't know, I, in the past, I've said about 25 people, but I may be remembering more than there was. There may be anywhere from 15 to 25 people. My wife was there. She's a witness. And I put my right hand on his chest. I'm sharing this because that somebody here needs to hear this. I put my right hand on his chest and my left hand in the hole in his back. And it was very uncomfortable and awkward to do that because it drew attention to his deformity. But that's what the Lord told me to do. And then he said, don't pray for him. Just speak to the shoulder, command it to grow. So that's what I did. With my hands on his shoulder, I said, in the name of Jesus, shoulder, I command you to grow. I command you to be restored. I speak to every blood vessel, every tendon, every muscle, every bone. Be reformed in Jesus' name. And I started hearing this popping and grinding. And then I felt the hole in his back begin to fill in. And as it filled in, it pushed my hand out of the hole and continued until a complete shoulder blade was grown right there in front of, you know, 15 to 25 witnesses because I can't remember. It's been so long ago, but I'll never forget it as long as I live. Andy burst into tears. I burst into tears at the magnitude of the miracle we both experienced together. Now, seven years later, he called me up. We had moved to Louisiana by then. And we were at another church, Living Word Worship Center in Minden, and he tracked me down. He was a salesman. He says, I'm in my territory up here in Louisiana, and I was just wondering if you could talk to your pastor, if I could come to your church, and I could testify that I still have a brand-new shoulder, a shoulder blade in Jesus' name. I said, absolutely. So I talked to my pastor. He said, that'll be fine. He came to church the following Sunday, and he got up and testified. It's been seven years since Brother Scott laid hands on me, and God grew me a brand-new shoulder blade, and here it is. Hallelujah. And he had full range of motion, flexibility, everything. Okay. It was the name of Jesus that performed that miracle. Okay. I gave all the glory to the Lord. I was just glad to be a part of it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So remember, when you use the name of Jesus in word, in deed, or in authority, all the glory rightly shifts to Jesus when the miracle is performed. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's reread verses 14 through 16 and see what we can learn. Now he's preaching. He's getting in there chilly now. Talked about the miracle, talked about the healing, but now he's, he's taking them to task for crucifying the Lord Jesus. Verse 14. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know. 
Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, the word used in verse 15 that's translated prince of life, those words there, it actually is better translated author of life. Jesus was the author of life. So Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, preaching to those who call for his crucifixion, made it clear just exactly who it was that they put to death. Don't you realize who you crucified? You crucified the author of all life on planet Earth. Amen. And you preferred a murderer to be released in his place. Do you realize what you've done? Now, this is my paraphrase. But no need to despair. God has already raised him from the dead because he's the author of life and death could not hold him. Didn't Jesus say, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Amen. Hallelujah. That's because he's the author of life. Over there in John chapter 1, read it sometime. You find out that Jesus Christ, when he was the word of the living God, was the agent of God's creation. Everything that was made, the Bible says, was made by him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I say, I got to pondering this. If Jesus was and is the author of life, then by extension, he was and is the author of America. He had America in his bosom when he was the word of God before the universe was created. And if he is the author of America, he's the only one that can raise us from the dead. Amen. He's the author of life. He has the power to raise America from the deadness that she's in right now. Hallelujah. Starting with the church. You know, pastor friend of mine, he pastors over in Zimbabwe now. Uh, I just called his name David. David was sharing a story with me before he went into full-time ministry. He was an ambulance driver for Bayou Ambulance. Now, this is a true story. I know you've heard renditions of this, okay? But he said they got a call from the local first church in Minden, Louisiana, that they had somebody die in the service and they needed to come and pick up the dead body. He told me, Scott, we went through seven rows before we found the right dead person. That church was so dead. We said, which one is it? They found him and took him to the morgue. Okay? That is a true story. But he, he took occasion to poke at the deadness of some churches. I pray the day never comes. When this church is a dead church, we're going to be a live church. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to be full of resurrection life because in every one of you here, if you're born again, filled with the spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that created the universe with a word lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're not just human. In a sense, you're a superhero. You have world creating dead raising power on the inside of you okay it, it comes from him it's not yours you know but it's in you and will channel through you in the name of jesus amen hallelujah glory to god i love it when i start preaching and i just completely run off the rails on my notes hallelujah i love it hallelujah hallelujah the train of my thought has derailed amen hallelujah The second thing I want you to see is in verse 16. 
It was by the name of Jesus and everything that that name represents and through faith in that name that this man who was lame from his mother's womb was completely healed, just like it had never happened, just like he had never been lame. Amen? And the Bible says, as I said before, that he was about 40 years of age. That's a generation. And this creeping darkness that's coming against America really started picking up steam about 40 years ago or a generation ago. So I say if the name of Jesus can heal a man that was lame for 40 years and make it just like he was never lame, then the name of Jesus Christ can do that for America. I'm tired of America being lame. I want them to stand up on their strong feet and march with the name of Jesus on their lips. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. Now, fast forwarding, this healing created such a ruckus. And the fact that they used the name of Jesus created such a ruckus in the religious crowd. They got called before the Sanhedrin. That was the religious ruling group of the day. So it says here in verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Listen, he repeated the same thing that he said to the crowds in the temple. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus, the anointed one of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand there before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Listen to this. This is the punchline. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Muhammad can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The word translated as salvation here in verse 12, where it says salvation is only in the name of Jesus, is the Greek word soterio. And soterio means deliverance, preservation, safety, or salvation. I like to say it like this. It means salvation in the most complete sense of the word. Jesus came to save you, spirit, soul, and body in every respect. To the uttermost, the Bible says. Amen. So there are two major ways we can use the name of Jesus in our prayers, specifically in our prayers for America. Number one, we can pray to the Father in Jesus' name, the name that represents everything he did for us in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and intercede for the deliverance, preservation, safety, and salvation of America. Amen? Number two, we can lift up the name of Jesus over America and do everything we can, empowered by him, to introduce that name into every sphere of influence in the nation so that America is changed by that name through faith in that name into the covenant nation we were destined to become. Amen? I refuse to let the destiny of America 
be derailed by the devil, especially when he's under my feet. We have the power. We have the authority. We can intercede on behalf of our nation in the name of Jesus, and we can turn back the tide of darkness if we will rise up as a church and be united in that quest. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I want to wrap it up by offering another sample prayer for America. We've been adding sample prayers after each lesson, after each tool that we discuss. This sample prayer will be a prayer using the name of Jesus in the ways that I've described. Heavenly Father, we come to you interceding on behalf of our nation, the United States of America. We ask that you stir the hearts of the body of Christ in America to rise up and be the glorious church that you have called us to be. Fan the flames of the embers that remain from the great fires of revival that once swept through our land. Lord, let the church of America be raised from deadness to newness of life so that once again we become the conscience of the nation and shake this nation with the power of God. As we boldly preach the word of the Lord in every city and every state, confirm the word we preach through mighty signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, as you have promised in your word. As we lift up the name of Jesus in every sphere of influence, Lord, let the people see that he is the author of life. He is the author of America, and his name means salvation. Remove the veil from their eyes and help them see that faith in the name of Jesus brings deliverance preservation, safety, and salvation to all of America. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus and everything that name represents, we pray. Amen. And if you're in agreement, say amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, stay tuned next week as we continue our series on tools of prayer for America. We hope you enjoyed part four of today's message titled, Tools of Prayer for America. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. <laughs>